Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, step right up and be stunned by the hard-hitting, body-slamming men and women of professional wrestling. And remember, you are about to enter another universe, so keep your fists up and be prepared to fight. Welcome to the world of professional wrestling. Welcome to the angle. Welcome to the Ultimate Pro Wrestling Podcast, the best hangout spot for everything pro wrestling. Now introducing your host, he's a walking, trash-talking wrestling encyclopedia, here he is, Joey Carney. What's up everybody, Joey Carney here, I'm back with another episode of The Angle. After a slow-paced SmackDown Live, we did see a lot of go down. There's a lot to discuss. We saw Bailey open the show, get booed out of the building, but with the help of her best friend Sasha Banks, they brutally beat down Charlotte Flair with a chair. We saw some surprise advancements in the King of the Ring tournament. Elias picking up the win, the surprise upset over Ali. We saw Chad Gable getting the roll-up pin over Andrade, both advancing in the King of the Ring tournament, heading to the semifinals next week on SmackDown Live. Everybody assumed that Bailey would open the show to somewhat explain her actions from the previous night on Monday Night Raw, and that's exactly what happened. Despite her shocking turn on Monday Night Raw, Bailey made her typical entrance down to the ring, waving her hands in the air, smiling at the crowd, trying to get them riled up with the wacky inflatable balloon things, and she was actually confused as to why the WWE Universe was booing her. She basically said that after her actions last night, she was still the same person, the same type of human being that wanted to show the wrestling fans, especially the young kids, what it's like to have a role model in the WWE. She claimed that she wants to be a WWE Women's Champion that the WWE Universe can be proud of, especially the young kids. She also said that she wants to be the champion that she wanted to see growing up. But she vowed to defeat what she claims to be the most selfish person on the roster, which is Charlotte Flair. And it wasn't near after, after those comments that Charlotte Flair, the queen, woo, made her way down to the ring to talk trash with Bailey. The queen flat out said that yes, she is the most selfish person on the roster and that she doesn't care what anybody says because everyone's talking about her. And she especially doesn't care about hugs. And she said that Bailey better hug that title a lot tighter than she normally does because on Sunday at Class of Champions, she's taking it away. And out of nowhere, the boss, Sasha Banks, makes her way down to the ring on SmackDown Live for only Bailey to get the upper hand and take a cheap shot at Charlotte Flair. This led to a brawl between Charlotte Flair, Bailey, and Sasha. Bailey getting a chair, beating down Charlotte Flair, creating even more confusion than we already had because the night before she turned heel by beating the crap out of Becky Lynch with Sasha. Now on SmackDown, she's beating the crap out of a heel, Charlotte Flair, which leads me to think that maybe, just maybe, Charlotte Flair is in line for a face turn. I'm not sure if that is accurate. I asked a lot of people on Twitter. A lot of people disagreed with me. They think that, obviously, Charlotte Flair is a better heel. But at this point in time, it doesn't matter if she's a better heel. 
it matters where she fits best in this storyline. We obviously see something brewing between the four horsewomen in WWE. Maybe we're going to get some sort of build-up to Survivor Series. Now, I don't want to get too ahead of myself here. I want to talk about what's going on now. And as that progresses, we will get down the line in this storyline. But as it stands right now, we see a sort of face, sort of heel, Bailey. Pretty sure she's a heel now. They're just taking their slow time building that up. It's probably going to happen at Clash of Champions. But we see a face slash heel Bailey. We see a full heel turn for Sasha. We see a full heel Charlotte Flair. And we see a full baby's face in Becky Lynch. Now, like I just said, we saw Charlotte Flair come out and give a heel promo. But she got beat down by two heels, which leads me, like I said, to think she's maybe going to turn face. See that double turn with her and Bailey, possibly going down at Clash of Champions. I think that Bailey is going to take the win at Clash of Champions. I think that that's what she needs to do to solidify herself as a big-time player on SmackDown and as a big-time player in the WWE in general. They wouldn't build her up this big to, be, to lose to Charlotte Flair. That just doesn't make any sense. So obviously... Bailey is going to go over on Charlotte Flair on Sunday. I think that this is eventually going to lead to some sort of tag team match between Sasha Banks and Bailey taking on the team of Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. I know that sounds crazy with the history, the recent history with all those women, but if you look at the big picture, I, I think that's where it's going to. Now, I want to make a reference to a tweet that someone had sent me. This is from at CatScratch10. She tweeted me a picture of the back in NXT days of the Four Horsewomen, and it was Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks standing over a beaten down Bailey. She said that maybe this is the road WWE is going with this storyline. She said it felt like deja vu all over again, and it actually it, it puzzled me because I wasn't sure. I was like, holy crap, maybe maybe that is the direction they're going, but they wouldn't do that many turns, I don't think. Uh, in this store, and I think that would confuse the WWE Universe way too much. I think, uh, especially being long-term programming, they are going to have uh, Charlotte turn face. So I do see that point, uh, but I'm not sure if I agree with that at the moment. Maybe down the line we could possibly see that. But I think speaking big picture with this storyline involving all four horsewomen of WWE, I think we're going to see some sort of brawl some tag team match uh in the future leading to the four horsewomen of the ufc uh ronda rousey's group making a return or having ronda rousey return to wd making uh shana baszler and her team make their main roster debut and we'll see a four-on-four horsewoman elimination match at survivor series that's just my opinion that's where i think this storyline is going i think that they obviously have some time before that so let's get some great matches in between starting with obviously sasha versus becky for the raw women's championship bailey versus charlotte flair for the women's championship we're going to see some sort of interaction between some sort of interruption leading to a tag match between the two or between the four leading to them somehow aligning themselves together because obviously I don't see I don't see Bailey long term staying a heel. I think that she's better as a face, but maybe that's too early to call because guess what? I thought that Becky Lynch would have been better only as a face and when she turned heel, she became the man. So, my my statement can be accurate, can not be accurate, I'm not sure, but this is an exciting time like I said yesterday on yesterday's show. This is an exciting time in women's wrestling. Now, I did ask a question on Twitter, and I got some unique responses. Let's just say unique responses. 
I asked the question of, do you think that the possible tag team match down the road of Sasha Banks and Bayley versus Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair uh, being for the women's tag team titles? Um, Charlotte has stated that she wants to be a tag team champion. I think that Becky uh, needs that uh, that title to complete uh, the Grand Slam champion for women in the WWE. So I think that's eventually going to happen. Uh, maybe not together or, you know, either together or not together. They're going to be eventually tag team champions. But that would be so freaking cool to see them uh, obviously be a team together. I would love to see these two teams go at it for the women's tag team titles. I think that would raise the prestige of the tag titles. I think that uh, the programming would be so much better, um, especially uh, involving both women's titles and then the tag team titles. That would be a main event slot altogether. Um, I don't think that anybody has ever thought of the women's tag titles being in the main event. Um, but that is what Bailey and Sasha set out for when they first won the titles. I don't know if anybody remembers that. They did a promo at NXT, uh, basically saying that they want to main event WrestleMania with the tag team titles, which would be really cool. Um, but I don't think they're going that route. I would, but I'm just want I'm just saying I, I would love to see these two teams go at it for the smat, for the uh, women's tag team titles. <laughs> Now, something I want to get into right now is the King of the Ring tournament. I've been saying it on previous shows on my bracket. I had Ali defeating Elias, and I had Andrade defeating Chad Gable. Logically, realistically, if you look at that on paper, if you look at their positioning in the company, that's what you would obviously pick to win. That's not what happened. We saw Elias go over Ali tonight, advancing to the semifinals, and the same with Chad Gable defeating Andrade. Now, I was disappointed with this move, especially with having Ali, uh, Elias go over Ali. We saw Ali and Buddy Murphy last week put on an amazing, amazing match, really earning that advancement placement in the King of the Ring tournament. When Elias first advanced, it was a cheap win over Kevin Owens because of an infer- interference from Shane McMahon. It was almost like a bye. So to see Elias go over Ali after their first two advancement matches, I was disappointed. I thought Ali would go a little further in the tournament. I I, I saw him going to the finals. That's where I saw Ali going. I saw Ali uh, defeating Elias, and I saw Andrade defeating Chad Gable. The semifinals being... Ali versus Andrade with Andra- with Ali defeating Andrade going to the finals for the SmackDown side of the King of the Ring tournament. It's obviously not what would happen. But listen, I'm excited to see where this tournament goes now because now my bracket is all messed up. I'm not sure what is going to happen. But I do and I am staying with my pick to win the entire event. And that is Baron Corbin. I said it yesterday sh- on yesterday's show. I've said it on previous episodes. My pick to win the tournament, the King of the Ring tournament 2019, Baron Corbin. Now, we did see some buildup for this match uh, between Chad Gable and Andrade. We saw, uh, we obviously saw the promo before the match from Zelina Vega. Um, and we've seen the storyline with Chad Gable being shorty uh, to everybody in the back. So, to see him go over Andrade was exciting. Uh, I'm a fan of Chad Gable. Um, 
because I picked Andrade to go over Chad Gable was nothing against Chad Gable. Um, I just felt the storyline uh, because I saw Ali going over Ali- Elias. He was a face, and I obviously thought that the heel on the opposite side, which would be Andrade versus Chad Gable, I saw the heel going over to fe- to, to take on the face. But Chad Gable defeated Andrade with a roll-up. I'm okay with that win. Um, I'm excited to see the match next week, which will be Chad Gable taking on Elias. Now, I really can't decide who I want to see win that match um, because of Elias' impressive performance this week, and that was exactly it. It was impressive. He beat the crap out of Ali. We saw him throw him over the barricade. We saw him throw him into into the barricade. We saw him throw him into the apron. Elias was looking pretty strong against Ali, and he came out with the win, and it was a clean win. It wasn't anything... Uh, to do with Shane McMahon. It wasn't anything, a cheap shot. It was a clean win. One, two, three. Now, I would love to see other matches on the show involving eliminated participants from the King of Ring tournament. So let's, for example, let's next week, I would love to see Andrade versus Ali. I think that'd be a great match. Uh, also playing into the King of the Ring tournament and almost and also giving more of a boost to the tournament. Not that it needs it because it has been fantastic this year but i think that would just be a great way to continue um not only utilizing the superstars that were eliminated from the tournament but also keeping light or shining light on the tournament to keep its prestige but if i do have to pick a winner for next week's semifinal match for smackdown i'm going to have to go with chad gable i think that gable will put on a better match than elias um, either against Samoa Joe or Baron Corbin or even Ricochet. I think that Chad Gable is a megastar. Um, I, I don't think he's utilized properly. If I had to compare him to other superstars, I would say he is a mix between Daniel Bryan and Kurt Angle, which is a damn good mix to be. Um, I see the size and the sort of uh, personality as Daniel Bryan in him. And I also see the athleticism and moveset from Kurt Angle, uh, also being an Olympic athlete. Um, But I would love to see more Chad Gable, uh, not only on the 205 Live roster. I would love to see him more on the main roster. I think that he has a lot to offer. I could definitely see him being a future uh, United States champion or even Intercontinental champion. I definitely see him having a bright future in the WWE. Now, a random match that I really did enjoy. It was quite quick, but I enjoyed it to its fullest potential. Alistair Black defeating Shelton Benjamin. We saw a promo earlier in the night from Alistair Black saying that he's going to walk down to that ring and he wants someone to step up and fight him. And guess what? It was Shelton Benjamin. Awkward uh, awkward start to the match. It started in between a commercial break. I didn't get to see... Uh, I didn't get to finish watching Alistair's uh, entrance, which I know everybody loves to see. And we didn't even see Shelton's entrance. So that was a little weird. The match just started. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess Shelton's going to answer the call and in a few minutes boom Alistair Black hit the black mass knocking out Shelton Benjamin one two three getting the win which was a random match and it's funny because when Smackdown started I was thinking to myself where the hell is Alistair Black this guy's been gone for such a long time and he's a great athlete who should be featured every week and look at that tonight we got a match with Alistair Black I do have to say though that I'm happy to see the women's tag team division being utilized more than what we had seen 
uh, previously. We see now that Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross are the women's tag team champions. Um, and we saw them in a match tonight on SmackDown Live, taking on Fire and Desire, which is Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again, and I typically say this to people that I know within the wrestling community. Um, I'm a huge fan of the team of Fire and Desire. I'm a huge fan of Mandy Rose, and I'm a huge fan of Sonya Deville, individually and as a team. I think that they do need a run with the tag team titles. Um, I think that uh, with Sonya being now the newest addition to Total Divas, I think we do need to see more of her. I think we are going to see more of her. I think that the WWE fans of the WWE Universe and also fans all around the world who are going to be watching Total Divas on October 2nd when it comes back, when it returns, I think everybody's going to be fans of Sonya Deville. I think she's going to bring a lot of, lot of new ideas and new uh, storylines, especially being the first openly gay women's superstar in professional wrestling. I think that it's going to open the eyes of a lot of people, and I think that she's going to become really, really popular, more popular than she is already. So I think that WWE is uh, starting now the, the early process of starting that push. I think with the right backing and the right storyline and also... The right timing. I see Mandy Rose and also Sonya Deville both being at different times women's champions, either on Raw or, Smack, Raw or SmackDown. Uh, I think it's a matter of time. I think they're huge stars. And I'm not just saying that because they're being featured on TV. I'm saying that because I am truly fans of them. I was fans of them when they were first on Tough Enough years ago. And I really didn't think that they would be where they are today, which is why I'm just so impressed and I'm so excited to see what's going to happen with these two stars. Now, we saw another in-ring promo by the Viper, Randy Orton, talking trash to Kofi Kingston, adding more fuel to you know their title match coming up at Clash of Champions. And he basically called Kofi out. He said, let's fight right now. Let's get it on. Let's do it before Clash of Champions. He called Kofi out. Kofi's music hit. The crowd went crazy. And who made their entrance down to the ring. Attacking Kofi Kingston was the revival. Now we've been discussing it ever since they they sort of aligned themselves with Randy Orton. Are they a team? Are they not a trio? Are they aligned? Is it just for the storyline? From what I've seen on WWE's Instagram page. From what I've seen on their Twitter page. From what I'm seeing everybody talk about online. All the reports. I think that they're going to go ahead and make them a trio. I didn't think I don't think that they expected this trio to be as popular as they are. Hashtag FTRKO. I think this is amazing. I think it's exactly what Randy needed to get back on top. And I think it's what the revival needed to really legitimize their run in the WWE. I think that the original plan was to have Kofi go over Randy, uh, legitimizing his title run, legitimizing him as WWE champion. But with What's been happening and the amount of uh, heat that has not been put on Randy Orton, the crowd is loving him. I think he maybe has a chance. He might possibly walk away with the WWE Championship at Class of Champions. I predict him to be the winner. Uh, but then again, we don't. We haven't seen Big E or Kofi. Uh, we obviously saw Big E last week, but Big E and Xavier are technically injured according to the storyline. So I think we're going to see them return at Clash of Champions, and maybe we'll see Kofi go over Randy. But despite that possibly happening, I'm still going to go with my pick, Randy Orton becoming the WWE Champion. I think that uh, he needs... I think him as champion really will 
uh, raise the stakes for SmackDown Live, especially moving with, to Fox at the end of the, uh, later on in the month. Um, I think that that'll be a great way to utilize uh, a, a star, a veteran like Orton, uh, going into uh, Fox's new uh, deal with WWE, and also the war with AEW, which we talked about on yesterday's show. Now, I do have to say, I am quite disappointed in one particular storyline that's uh, being brought to light recently. Um, it came out of nowhere. It's the Shinsuke Nakamura and Sami Zayn storyline. Um, why is Sami Zayn talking for Shinsuke? I understand Shinsuke does not speak proper English. You can't really understand him, but I think that's part of the character. I think that's what makes him so, uh, that's what makes him the rock star. He doesn't really say much. You can't really understand when he does say something. He shows it all in the ring, exactly what he's saying. He's the artist known as Shinsuke Nakamura. And I don't think that he needs a, a, a talking piece like Sami Zayn. You want to give him someone... Uh, you want to give him a manager? Go ahead. You want to give him uh, an escort, someone to talk for him? Go ahead. Sami Zayn is not the guy. Sami Zayn is not the person. Sami Zayn is a star, uh, especially being a heel. Uh, I think he's better as a heel than a face. Um, actually, you know what? I take that back. He is He's great either as a face or a heel. I can't really decide what he's better as. Um, but he needs to be alone. He needs to be part of a storyline. And I definitely would love to see him feud for a title. Uh, put him on Raw, or he is on Raw. And let him feud with AJ. Why are we not seeing this? AJ as a heel versus face Sami Zayn. Are you kidding me? That'd be fantastic. Why are we seeing Sami Zayn versus Cesaro? We've seen this before. And I say it all the time. And I don't know why WWE is not utilizing this match. This could be a feud of the year. We've seen it go down in NXT plenty of times. Where Cesaro was the veteran. Sami Zayn was the rookie. And Sami Zayn came out with the victory. Now that they are both uh, technically uh, veterans now um, in WWE, I would love to see a face Cesaro versus a heel Sami Zayn. You know how great that would be? The match they would put on. But I think the reason we're not seeing these type of matches is because WWE is scared that they will the, the stars will take off and not by their choice, not by their choosing. They want, the, they want who they want at the top. And by putting on matches like that, they are uh, opening the door for other stars to possibly, you know, take those spots. It pisses me off, but it's the WWE. They're the biggest. They're, they're the juggernaut. They are who they are, and you know we can't really change their decisions. But like I said, AEW is around the corner, and I think some things in WWE are going to start changing. Um, so we'll see. I'm not sure what's going to happen next, but I'm excited. To see what's going to go down. One big question I have for SmackDown Live. And it only came to me after the show. Because I was hooked on other things going on. But where the hell was Kevin Owens? He came off one of the biggest main event matches at SummerSlam. Defeating Shane McMahon. He had this whole storyline with uh, the superstars not getting the airtime who deserved it. Um, obviously we're still not seeing those stars. We're still not seeing Asuka, Kyrie Zane, Kyrie Zane. We're not seeing even Kevin Owens now, but I do have to say one thing I was happy about. We did not see Shane McMahon on TV. I'm excited to see that. I'm sick of the guy, although he is great in the ring. He's great on the mic. He's great. He's, he's great overall. I'm just sick of seeing him. Even if Kevin Owens were to interfere in the Elias versus Ali match, letting Ali get the victory, I would have been okay with. 
putting him on the show in some sort of capacity would have done the job. But not having him on at all, I think, was ridiculous. I think that I, th- I feel like they're just saving their their top pit their their top superstars for something. I don't even know. I, I'm just I'm, I'm in awe that he was not used at all on the, on the show. Um, not even in in a backstage promo or interview or segment or nothing. Nothing. No Kevin Owens on this week's SmackDown Live. Disappointing. Now we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. What's up, Angle fans? Have you followed our social media pages yet? You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Angle Radio for your full all-access backstage pass to everything pro wrestling. Once again, that's at The Angle Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now back to the studio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am Joey Carney, and this is The Angle. Now, some major news we did not discuss earlier in the show, but we do have the a new 24-7 champion. He is the first ever, and we're talking Ric Flair. Woo! We're talking Ric Flair numbers now. He is the first ever 14-time 24-7 champion our truth and we saw Drake Maverick hold the title doing a best a backstage segment earlier on in the show we saw some 205 live stars make their presence uh, and then we saw a roll-up pin by one member of the B team Bo Dallas Bo Dallas becoming a the 24/7 champion for about a few minutes and scene <laughs> that's basically what happened but typically we see our truth somehow find his way into the 24/7 picture i think tonight i think on on smackdown live this was the best uh the best segment i've ever seen with the 24 7 championship regarding our truth we saw uh drake maverick win the title back from bo dallas running up the ramp and in the corner where they have the the king of the Rings set up we saw just this this thing standing with a lampshade it looked like the the I don't even know what it's called, but the, it was part of the set for the twenty four seven championship. But it started moving, and it was a lampshade, and it was our truth under the lampshade. He came down, rolled up, Drake Maverick becoming the first ever fourteen time twenty four seven champion. I want to know what you're thinking about this. Are you a fan of the twenty four seven championship? Are you not a fan of the title? Let me know on Twitter. You can tweet us at the Angle Radio. I want to hear your questions, your comments, your concerns. I always say this, and I'm going to keep saying it. This is a wrestling show made by the fans for the fans. We have to have your insight to compare it with ours. We are the fans. We are the wrestling community. At the end of the day, when WWE makes these horrible decisions, we are the ones who can make them change it. We are the ones who can use our voices. And and get the product that we want. So tweet us at the Angle Radio on Twitter. Now we all knew what was going to be the main event of the show. We saw Daniel Bryan wanting some sort of apology from Roman Reigns. Now I don't know about you, but I'm over this storyline. It has gone on for way too long. Since before SummerSlam, and that's nearly a month ago. Yes, someone tried to I don't even know if tried to murder Roman Reigns. In the back, I don't even know what they're calling it. Someone tried to run over Roman Reigns. Uh, at this point, we know that there's so many cameras in the arenas that obviously it was ta- it was caught on camera. Um, why is there? I've said it before. Why is there no 
police investigation? Why are they not making this seem legit? Uh, you know, obviously executives talking to police officers, uh, you know, doing some sort of investigation. We see backstage segments of different superstars being interviewed uh, by the police and by WWE executives, uh, you know, kind of portraying, oh, this it could be this person, it could be that person. We have, you know, surprise people in there. And nope, they did nothing like that. They brought in Buddy Murphy that we didn't see this week on SmackDown Live. That's another one. Where the where the hell? I almost said, damn, I almost cursed there. Where the hell was Buddy Murphy this week? He's put on some impressive matches, some impressive wins, especially over Daniel Bryan, and he's no longer around. So I don't know what the hell is happening. Uh, yeah. So sorry for that rant. We'll get back to it. But we saw Roman Reigns attempt to come out uh, while Daniel Bryan was talking about how he doesn't like liars. He's not a liar. Uh, the WWE Universe can hate him, but they will never be able to call him a liar, and he's not a liar. Blah, 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 blah. I love Daniel Bryan, but the storyline is just overly done with. It's overly drawn out. It's ridiculous at this point. Uh, like I said, we saw Roman Reigns make his way out to the ring who was when he was attacked by Eric Rowan. And we saw Eric Rowan push down Daniel Bryan, and I'm still thinking that... They were in cahoots, and they were kind of trying to set up Roman. But after what we saw right before we went off the air, I, I, I think that's drawn, that's thrown off the table. I'm not really sure. We saw Eric Rowan decimate Roman Reigns on the outside of the ring, inside of the ring. And then we saw Daniel Bryan sort of make the save. I don't know what you want to call it. I don't know uh, what is going on with his character. To me, it looks like a Daniel Bryan face turn. I'm not sure if that's the way they're going. I'm not really sure if that's what we should be seeing. I think Daniel Bryan is in such a great place right now. Um, obviously, I would love to see him as a face. I don't know how he goes back to being a face with this storyline, uh, especially you know killing the debt, the the yes movement uh, near the year ago. But I would love to see him as a face. But I'm not sure what exactly is happening or if he's just playing into the storyline with Rowan to kind of uh, confuse and, uh, you know, take out Roman. But we saw Eric Rowan put Daniel Bryan through a table. Now, that was clear as day. I don't think they're in cahoots anymore. He wouldn't have put Daniel Bryan through a table, uh, you know, to try to sabotage Roman Reigns. And in the ring, Rome, uh, Eric Rowan stated that he was happy with what he did. Uh, so, yes, it has been revealed that Eric Rowan, finally, we have answers. Eric Rowan was the one who tried to take out Roman Reigns. And we're going to see a match between the two, Roman Reigns and Eric Rowan, go down at Clash of Champions in just a short few weeks. <laughs> Now, I want to go over my top five hotspots for SmackDown Live this week, starting with number five being Aleister Black. He put on a great performance, a short performance, but it was great against Shelton Benjamin, defeating him in just a few minutes. Boom, Black Mass, one, two, three. Now, at number four, we have the newest advancement into the King of the Ring tournament, heading to the semifinals next week on SmackDown Live. We have Chad Gable. A huge victory over Andrade this week, leading him into the semifinals for the King of the Ring tournament. At number three, we have the Redwood Eric Rowan. 
making a huge impact on SmackDown Live, showing the world that he is not just a tag team competitor, that he can stand on his own, he can stand on his own two feet, he can take on Daniel Bryan, he could take on Roman Reigns, he could take on anybody in the roster. He put Daniel Bryan through a table, and he beat the holy hell out of Roman Reigns. So at number three, we have Eric Rowan. Number two this week, it is a shared spot. It has to go to fire and desire. Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville picking up a huge clean win, might I add, over the WWE uh, Women's Tag Team Champions, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Huge win. I did not expect them to get the win. They did. I was happy about it. I want to see where this story goes. Hopefully, they get a title match, hopefully at Clash of Champions, for the Women's Tag Team titles. But at number two this week... We have Fire and Desire, Mandy Rose, and Sonya Deville. And taking the top spot this week, I've never said this name for this position before. At number one this week on, on the Angles Top 5 Hotspots for SmackDown Live, we have Elias. He put on an impressive performance in his match against Ali, getting a clean win, throwing him around, beating him down, one, two, three, getting the win, advancing to the semifinals next week to take on Chad Gable in the King of the Ring semifinals for the SmackDown side, my ad. So like I said, starting with number five this week, we have Aleister Black. At number four, we have Chad Gable. At number three, we have the Big Redwood, Eric Rowan. Number two, we have Fire and Desire, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. And closing out the top spot this week for the top five hotspots for SmackDown Live, we have Elias. Overall, I was okay with this week's SmackDown Live. It wasn't the best, but I've seen worse, so I can't really complain there. Uh, we saw more matches than we normally see. We saw five matches. I don't really count the Shinsuke Nakamura match as a match. Uh, it was more of a segment. Uh, but with that being said, that was the fifth match. Very slow-paced show. Um, we did see a lot. Uh, unex- I saw We saw a lot of unexpected wins. We saw Elias get a win. We saw Chad Gable get a win. We saw Fire and Desire get a win. I definitely thought we were going to get more from the Bailey, Sasha, Becky, Charlotte situation. We only saw the beginning segment of SmackDown Live. Uh, that was only you know about 10 to 15 minutes. It really wasn't anything uh, as what we saw on Monday Night Raw. Uh, but you know what? That's just the WWE being brilliant. They want us to keep tuning in to find out what happens next. So that's exactly what's going to happen. We're going to head into Monday Night Raw next week. In Madison Square Garden, live in New York City. I will be there live. So look out on the Angles Twitter page, at the Angle Radio, for live pictures, videos, and overall just tweets and things from the event. I'll be there live, like I said. I'll be going live on Twitter while we are there. And you can also check us out on Instagram, at the Angle Radio. I'll also be going live there as well. All happening, all going down, Monday Night Raw, next week on Monday, at Madison Square Garden live in New York City. I'll be getting pictures. I'll be getting videos. I'll be in my Angle shirt. I want to just tell you about the shirt, the front of the shirt. I'm wearing it right now, actually. It says the Angle, really big on the front. And on the back, it says, we want more. We want more pro wrestling. We want better. We want more. And under that, it has at the Angle rating. If you are interested in any of this merchandise, we do have shirts. We have mugs. We have different things. Uh, message us on Twitter, tweet us, whatever. We'll send you stuff. We want you to be a part of this as much as we are. So we want to, we want to build our roster. We want to build the wrestling community. So just tweet us. We'll send you stuff. It's that easy. But for now, I'm your host, Joey Carney, 
And this has been The Angle.